Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 13 of Revelation chapter 19. And we're going to be reading verses 11 through 15. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And I'll stop reading there. Now here we're presented with an image of the Lord Jesus Christ that is unlike the typical image that many churches uh, seek to portray, that many people have the image of him as the the gentle man um, who is calling children to himself or healing the sick and and uh, showing forth mercy upon all those that would come to him uh, to be healed of their diseases. Uh, this is not that picture. This is not the picture of Christ when he uh, would enter into Jerusalem. Remember it says in Matthew chapter 21, in verses 4 and 5, All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the full of an ass. When Jesus entered into Jerusalem, riding a donkey, it was a very lowly illustration, uh, or it was a meek picture of eternal God. A humble sight to see Christ riding an ordinary donkey into the city Jerusalem. And, of course, when people go forth to battle, when warriors enter into the fight of a, a war and do battle, they they normally do not ride donkeys. And Revelation 19, in these verses we just read, is illustrating Judgment Day, the battle of the end of the world, the final battle between the Lord Jesus Christ and His kingdom, as we see that the saints were with Him, clothed in fine linen, and riding white horses, as he was riding a white horse, and and they were all in the battle against Satan, 
and his forces of the kingdom of darkness. It is the last battle of Judgment Day. And so the image is of Christ on a horse, and and he has a sword uh, protruding from his mouth to smite the nations. He is going forth to destroy. And that's a picture of Christ, or that's an image of Christ that is uh, really not put forth all that much by the churches. And, and it's an image that the world does not hear about all that often. They hear about the meek and lowly Jesus, and they hear God loves everyone, and and they'll, uh, of course, contrary to the Bible, but they'll show pictures of this uh, kind-looking man that they say is Jesus. They they have no idea what Jesus looked like, and and the Bible says we're not to make an image of God, so it's a violation. But of course, we're all familiar with that picture of a man with long hair and beard, um, smiling warmly to people and is ever so gentle and kind, and loves everyone. The Muslims hear, Jesus loves you, and the Hindus hear, Jesus loves you, and the atheist hears, Jesus loves you, and everyone hears that, and uh, uh, Jesus is, is just all love. And it's true, God is love, Christ is kind and gentle and compassionate, and merciful and forgiving, yet it's not true that God loves everyone. That's not true at all. That's a a very big lie that has been put forth as though it were true, and it's not. God says that he loves his elect people insofar as salvation is concerned, and he hates those that are not his elect people. And so God does not love everyone. And the same Jesus who did heal the sick and forgive the sins of those that he saved, the same kind and gentle Jesus is, according to the Bible, the judge of all the earth. We read in John chapter 5, in John 5, It says in verse 26, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. God has given the Son authority to execute judgment, to carry it out. And and that's the reason why in Revelation 14, when the time is judgment day, and the picture is Christ seated upon the clouds, coming in judgment, sending forth the sickle to reap the earth. The harvest is the end of the world. The the sun is the one 
that's actively involved in judgment. And that's why here in Revelation 19, it's Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, that is seated upon the white horse with the armies in heaven following him also upon white horses, going forth to battle in the day of judgment because he has been given authority to execute judgment. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, it says in verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The judgment seat of Christ. Now in Second uh, Corinthians 5, the, the plural pronoun we is referring to the elect. And I would encourage anyone to read the whole chapter and notice how often the plural pronoun we is used. And also notice in every other verse in the chapter, it is referring to the elect. And and it also is in Second uh, Corinthians 5.10. We, the elect, must appear. And the word appear is the same word translated as be made manifest, uh, as, as Christ made manifest the judgment from the foundation of the world when he appeared in history to demonstrate the things he had done. So, too, the elect having been judged in him from the foundation of the world, now, at this time, while we're alive and living on the earth, in the period of Judgment Day, are appearing or making manifest our judgment in Christ. And yet the key thing here is it's the judgment seat of Christ. God is specifying Christ is seated for judgment. In Romans chapter 14, it says in verse 10, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And again, since it says we shall all stand, it's referring to the elect. Because Psalm 1 tells us in verse 5, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They they cannot stand. To stand means to endure, to abide, and, and to continue through. And it is only the elect that are able to stand. Remember Revelation 6, verse 17, in the passage, again, describing Judgment Day. I'm sorry to say that so often, but... Uh, you know, if uh, God happens to write about it very often. And in Revelation 6, verse 17, uh, let, let's read that. And this is the last verse of the chapter. Uh, let me back up a verse to verse 16. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And, and notice in all these passages, um, the, the judgment seat of Christ. Revelation 14, he's seated upon the clouds. He's seated upon the white horse. And and here, the face of him that sitteth on the throne 
and from the wrath of the Lamb. And who is the Lamb? Well, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John the Baptist said of the approaching Jesus. Jesus, once again, is in view as the judge. And it says in verse 17, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? That's the question, who will stand? Psalm 1 verse 5 answers, not the ungodly, they shall not stand in the judgment. And therefore, Romans 14.10, when it says, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, is declaring the true believers will endure unto the end. They, they will go through the, the judgment day, the prolonged period of time, without being destroyed. And at the end that they endure unto, they will be exalted unto the heavenlies to enter into the new heaven and new earth because the judgment of God upon them will be, I find no fault in them, or I see no sin in them that I should destroy them, because their sin has been paid for, it is gone from them, therefore qualifying them to endure or to stand, that that's what the Bible uh, really has in view when it speaks of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. The armor of God, which accompanies salvation, every piece of it, and the armor of God that God equips each saint, every child that he adopts into his family, everyone that he saves, is that which um, permits the one that God has saved to endure to the end. And if, if we look at the language here, it says in verse 10 of Ephesians 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then in verse 13, Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand, that's the same Greek word translated as stand, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And what is the evil day? Judgment day. Remember um, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and and give us this day. Uh, I'll speed it up a little bit to verse 13 of Matthew 6. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The evil day. It was a prayer of salvation that we not enter into judgment with God and be destroyed in the evil day. And yet, if we are equipped, if we are suited with the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, all these things that point to Christ and his saving work, then 
we will withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. Well, we're kind of getting away from the verses we're looking at in Revelation 19. Let, let's go back to Revelation 19 and verse 11. And it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now there's a, a lot of information in this verse. Uh, God identifying Christ as faithful and true, but also the Lord emphasizing that Christ's judgment is a righteous judgment. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. And I, I want to spend a little time on that because that's very important. And it's been one of the charges against the Bible's teaching that God has shut the door of heaven and ended his salvation program. The accusation has been that isn't fair or that isn't right. Uh, you, you can't have children born afterwards uh, wherein there is no possibility of salvation. It just isn't just, or, or it's not um, a proper and right thing for God to do. They're, they're making the claim God would not bring judgment that way. And they're really trying to say it's an unrighteous judgment that you're talking about if you're saying God shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011 and ended his salvation program. There, There's millions of people now that are alive, born into the world since then. And where is their possibility for salvation? And and that isn't fair, they charge. Well, we're, we're going to spend a little time carefully looking at that charge and accusation and when we get together in our next study we're going to see how God often ties together his judgment and righteousness that it is a right thing it is according to law it is just uh, there there is no violating the law in the final judgment of the world. God would never violate his own law. And ultimately, that is what um, any injustice is, would be a judge not following the law. God is the judge of all the earth, and he follows his law perfectly, and especially he's letting that be known concerning judgment day. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.